This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. The government will repeal Section 377A and decriminalize sex between men. I believe this is the right thing to do and something that most Singaporeans will now accept. This will bring the law into line with current social mores and I hope provide some relief to gay Singaporeans. And that was Singapore Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong announcing that Singapore will repeal Section 377A of the Penal Code, revoking a colonial-era law that criminalizes sex between men. The government, of course, will also amend the constitution to protect the definition of marriage from being challenged constitutionally in the courts. Now, these were among the key policy and legislative announcements PM Lee made during his 2022 National Day Rally speech. I'm sure many of you followed it as well. And to dissect some of the issues that were brought up, we're now being joined by Zakir Hussein. He's Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakir, thanks for joining us here in the studio. So the repeal of Section 377A, it's been in the spotlight in recent months. We've talked about it here. It's been written about and discussed many times as well. So it has, it's turning a page in one of the most uh, contentious issues for Singapore. What are your thoughts on this move last night? So I think it was a welcome move, you know. I think I'd say it was a bold move. But at the same time, also one that will be controversial, you know, I think right up till the law is actually amended. Let's talk about the reactions that we have been seeing. Let's cut to the chase here. Yep. LGBTQ community groups have said they are relieved at yes. the decision, but they added in their joint statement that any move by the government to introduce further legislation or constitutional amendments that signal they are unequal citizens is disappointing. I mean, let's face it, Zakir, the main reason for the need to repeal Section 377A is that it symbolically legitimizes discrimination and prejudice against That's the LGBTQ right. community, right? Yep. So, so repealing it while enshrining discrimination in other legislation and the constitution, some feel, would be counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a very valid point. But I think what we're not quite clear on, and I think what we might not, you know, see a possible answer to, at least for some time yet, is what shape the changes to the constitution will take. I suspect it wouldn't be, you know, sort of enshrining marriage as if it's something that, you know, cannot be changed. But I think it would just mean, I think, that likely perhaps, you know, you can't challenge them in the courts the way you can't challenge some other laws, including, I think, you can't challenge them in the courts the way 377 was challenged Mm -hmm. in in recent years. But I think there's also some acknowledgement that it was uh, perhaps indirectly pressure from the courts that also forced the government's hand to move as Prime Minister Lee said it was advice from the law minister and the AG right mm-hmm. on a close reading of the court's ruling earlier this year that you know a future court might actually rule a 377 unconstitutional Mm. And to preserve the way things are, I think, where the judiciary accepts that it's not its place to rule on matters of uh, policy, the government, it made sense. And I think this was probably the right time to move on 377 and repealing it. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. I'd like to get your thoughts on this one. Let's listen to this. From the national point of view, private sexual behavior between consenting adults does not raise any law and order issue. There's no justification to prosecute people for it, nor 
to make it a crime. So again, that was Prime Minister. They're making a case before he actually made the announcement. He made several cases to make sure that, I think, to address different sectors of the community with regards to this controversial announcement. What do you make of how he actually delivered the news? I think he built up to it. That he acknowledged, I think, at the same time, the legitimate, you know, changing views in society. And I think if you look at quick initial polls that have been taken, most Singaporeans don't feel very much exercised by this change. In fact, slightly more welcome it than oppose it. And I think many of those who oppose it do so largely for religious reasons, understandably. And some of them, you know, perhaps in a nod to some of their concerns, it's why, you know, maybe some of these adjustments are being made. What are you expecting to come out of the debate in Parliament? Because clearly this isn't over yet. The debate on the repeal of Section 3778, mm-hmm. the issue that I mentioned earlier that the LGBTQ community has raised as well, that you know, if you're going to change the constitution related to yeah. marriage, it is a form of discrimination as well. So how do you think this might go? What are the various factors at play here? Yeah. So I think there are a lot of questions that I think we won't know how the debate might play out. Just as the debate on 3778 I think 15 years ago in Parliament, you only had a handful of PAP MPs actually speak in favour of repealing Mm -hmm. it then. I think this time around, you might see a shift in terms of members perhaps articulating why it's time it should be repealed. But I think you are likely to see quite a number of concerns expressed about, you know, that perhaps uh, these lifestyles are becoming more acceptable. And Mm -hmm. I think some of them might reflect the more conservative views that residents might hold. I think you might see some sparks during the debate. I think one open question we want to know is perhaps what are the views of the other parties on this issue, you know, especially the Workers' Party, right. which didn't quite make a commitment on this. And I think it's still probably waiting to see what the public reaction on this is. Same for the PSP. I think, you know, it's an issue I think most parties might not want to rush to sort of support or, or oppose right away. Yeah, it is a very fine line that they have to walk on this one as well, considering the feelings of the other segments of our society, not just one or two. What else stood out for you in last night's uh, National Day rally speech? I think one thing that that stood out to me was how, you know, as Singapore sort of emerging from COVID-19, there is a need to ensure that, you know, Singapore remains an attractive destination for top talent, Mm -hmm. right? And PM Lee did speak of how some other societies like the UK, Germany, are sort of, you know, opening the doors to make sure they attract top researchers, top scientists, even top students to settle down and help contribute to this pool. And I think indirectly, it may not have been the intention, but I think this move on Section 377 Mm. could help attract some top talents to come down and sink roots in Singapore. Mm, Certainly a more diverse talent, which is something that a lot of businesses are now espousing and practicing as well, diversity. And in a way, the competition really is global. It's not local. I mean, with COVID, you see that jobs and research and Mm -hmm. even high-end work can be done from anywhere in the world. But I think having that talent... Sink roots and, you know, set up base in Singapore does contribute to the vibrancy of the economy. And competitiveness of the economy as well. Thank you very much, Zakir, for shedding more light on this one. Zakir Hussain is Singapore editor at The Straits Times. The SG Extra podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.